today's episode of Strategy Simplified, we take a hard left turn away from 10Ks and into 10% interest rates and lower. In fact, we're talking about the really favorable interest rate market in the United States right now for residential real estate and whether that means that you should be a buyer or if you are where you should take specific caution. I hope you enjoy this very different, but hopefully very applicable episode of Strategy Simplified. Interest rates and real estate. As a residential real estate investor, I've gotten this question a lot in the last year as interest rates have become some of the best rates we've ever seen in our lifetime. 2.75% to purchase a house. That feels like for many people, it's just practically free. And so when people come to me and they ask me, what should I do if I'm thinking about purchasing a home or purchasing an investment property in this interest rate environment? What should I be thinking about? What should I be worried about? And how should I make my decisions? On today's episode of Strategy Simplified, I'm taking a little bit of a left turn to talk about something that I'm really interested in that does have impact on understanding business in general, and that's interest rates and how they affect real estate prices. Overall, interest rates are a big part of the game when you're thinking about pricing real estate. Lower interest rates do drive prices up because for the same monthly payment on an annualized basis, someone can afford to buy a more expensive house when the interest rates go down. Taxes generally remain the same, although taxes, pay attention, are placed in some areas on a portion of the purchase price and in others on a portion of the appraised value. Where I live in California, currently, our taxes are set to the purchase price value. So buying cheaper homes, more affordable homes, and maybe spending a little bit of money to fix them up is often a better longer term cash flow decision. But Taxes aside and insurance, which is largely the same, it's more based on the rebuilding costs regardless of the price of the house. All of those situations are not as affected by the interest rates, but the overall price of the house is. So as the prices inch up and interest rates inch down, does the low rate mean alone that it's time for you to buy a property? As I've advised friends in business school through this and friends in my local community, my answer is no. Timing the market in real estate can feel like everything, but a deal is a deal is a deal. And let me explain to you three rules that I've set into place when I'm thinking about strategy for buying residential real estate. Rule number one, the value of the home needs to have upside. And sometimes in low interest rate environments, the value of the home can be wiping out some of that potential upside. What do I mean by that? Well, upside on real estate is dependent on market-based factors. If the supply is going to increase for housing in your area, prices stay over time fairly stable. If interest rates are unlikely to be as low as they are today, prices may, in fact, not just be stable, but fall. And so in situations where you have supply that is plenty and demand, which will potentially fall, you could be looking at a pricing decrease actually in the future, which makes buying, even for very affordable rates, a more risky venture. 
However, if you live in a location that is supply constrained, where it is difficult to build, or more people are moving to the area than the supply of housing can keep up with, then the rising rates will counterbalance some of those changes. In short, market dynamics can have a bigger effect versus the interest rates. So I've always looked when I'm investing into places that have less institutional investment, but more of a focus on supply constraint, where there are more people moving to the area than the housing supply is able to keep up with. One more thing to say about value and upside. I look for houses and for apartments that have real estate options where they're in good areas, but they're a little rundown. A coat of paint, a different countertop, some different cabinets, and maybe some new flooring can do wonders to transform not just the aesthetics and the perceived value of a home, but if you're keeping it like we do as a rental, it will make the rental rates also higher. So a little bit of an investment up front added to the value of the home can often drive outsized returns on both the, both the rental rates and also the perceived market value of your units. We'll be right back after this quick message. When I started as an analyst at Bain, my expectation was that I needed to become someone who knew Excel, but I really couldn't have clearly told you what that meant. I fundamentally did not have the tools to do that and I had to learn it on the job, but you have the opportunity to build up your skills before you even start. Join us for the Excel PowerPoint course where you can work on developing analytics and presentations that will make a difference inside your organization. Find more at managementconsultant.com. So if you're able to buy a home in a low interest rate environment that does still have upside because of some of the factors that I've mentioned, what else should you be looking for? One of our rules has been a market is a market is a market and a deal is a deal is a deal. So the market is one thing, but the deal needs to be a deal on its own. And our second part of, if you think about it like a stool, the second part of the stool is, can you rent the home or the apartment for more than what you pay for it? If you count on only one thing, which is appreciation of your asset, you might be left in a dangerous situation. But you need to be able to not be forced to sell in a down market. What if interest rates do double in the next year? What if they quadruple in the next two years? Your demand for your housing is not going to be the same as it is today. We're unlikely to see those kinds of transformations and changes. And so in those situations, you could be left with an asset that if you have to move out one and a half years from now, is worth less than what you bought it for. So we generally, especially when people are starting out as investors, advocate for buying not just a house that you like, but a house that would rent well and above all of your loaded costs, which include your mortgage and your taxes and your insurance, any mortgage insurance that you have, and some maintenance expense as well. And so if that's the case, then you get the ability as the homeowner or the property owner to have the flexibility to decide when and if you want to sell the home. If your cash flow is covered, you're not forced to sell. 
The third thing that is important and valuable to us, and this differs amongst real estate investors, but I think it's a great calibration tool for thinking about purchasing a home. Some people will get swept up into the interest rate environment and into, we've got to buy a house now because the market is always going up. Let me tell you, as a real estate investor that's been in the game for a few years now, the market is not always going up. The market is always going up and it's going down. It's going up and down in different places, in different neighborhoods, in different regions. The micro market is more important than the macro market. And usually what I use to test the micro market as my filter is, would I be willing to live in the unit? If I personally would be willing to live in the unit and I have what I would consider to be stable income and prospects where I want a safe place to live, then in those situations, that's going to make it a very interesting, stable environment for an investment property. That could mean that there is a place in town that you maybe had never thought about living, but it could be a great investment because of others' interest in living there as well as your own. These are my general three rules for non-market-based real estate investment. Find properties with upside, make sure you can rent them for more than your expenses, and finally, pick places that you personally would be interested in living, which is a good proxy for other, hopefully, high-caliber renters in that area. If you can find all three of those things, even if it's not the screamiest deal that you've ever screamed, it might still be a great choice, even in an interest rate environment that has inflated prices. I hope that you've enjoyed this episode of Strategy Simplified. And again, this is different than the way that we think about other things, but it does still utilize similar principles that you'll need to think about inside case interviews. You, in fact, might get a weird case like this one. I'm thinking about buying an investment property, but the interest rates are really low and the prices have appreciated. Should I buy it or not? And while there are a lot more advanced techniques and capabilities out there for learning how to value real estate, we hope that this is a good primer. If you have ideas, business decisions, or other questions about finances or business strategy that you want us to unpack on a future episode of Strategy Simplified, write us, team at managementconsultant.com. And if you want help prepping for interviews of any kind or helping organizations think more strategically, we'd love to help you. You can find out more at managementconsultant.com.